I'm Jamboni. Welcome to the Goethe Institute Kenya podcast. I'm your host, James Murwa. We are conducting a series of interviews with experts in a variety of professions to find out how they are affected by artificial intelligence or AI. Today, our guest is Martin Muli, an entrepreneur in the digital space with a focus on training, advertising, and organizing events like the Social Media Awards of Kenya and Top 25 Men and Women in Digital in Kenya. Martin tells us how AI is being used in a variety of Kenyan organizations. He also explains that AI will be embraced locally, not on the strengths of the technologies themselves, but how they will simplify users' lives. Karibuni. Hello, Martin, and thank you for being on the Gaza Institute Kenya podcast. Hi, James. Thank you for having me. Martin, let me know, who, who are you and what do you do? I focus on events planning, management, and uh, digital transformation initiatives. We're involved in training, and most so we narrow down to a digital marketing training. So we have different programs that we push in the market. We also organize different events within the digital space. One of them is the Soma Awards. That's the Social Media Awards. We've also put together and curate the top 25 women in digital, top 25 men in digital, and we've introduced mentorship programs specifically for people interested in a digital transformation. You're doing a lot, so you must have a huge staff. Quite a, a lot of work, but uh, because of technology, you know, we are now able to uh, curate the kind of work that you do and get a very few people actually working on huge amounts of work. So we've, we've been able to utilize technology and work on um, different models that optimize output. So what is AI to you? Are you using it in your personal life? I think AI is there every day. We, we interact with AI every day, only that it's not called AI. It's part of life. It's part of the things that we, we, we interact with every day. And when you talk about AI, it's just turning machines into intelligence that human beings have always done on a daily basis. We use machines to solve our problems, to recognize our emotions, and to come up with better ways and simplify the ways of doing things through machine. So it means that some of the things that you're doing and, and are being done by so many people can just be automated and done by machines. That's in a simple way. That's what we mean by artificial intelligence. Are you already using it yourself in, in the work you're doing? Yes, we integrate that as part of the things that we do, and especially some of the uh, platforms that we deploy. Remember, AI becomes part of everyday activities that we do. When you're setting up digital advertisement, there's something we call argumented, or um, we simplify the way people do the advertisement in the marketplace. That's automated way of advertising. Nowadays, they call it the programmatic way of advertising. So when you're doing advertisement online, you do not need to do all the work that we used to do sometimes back. You just initiate through a machine and it's automated and all the things that in, including booking of advertisements, tracking, serving advertisement through different uh, platforms, it's done by artificial intelligence. So programmatic advertising is one of the benefits that you're getting out of artificial intelligence, that you do not need a big team, different uh, processes to manage your client's advertisement. You just use artificial intelligence to do that. And again, uh, when you're managing your clients, one of the other things that you do is you've interacted with chatbots uh, through different platforms. 
You just need to integrate that part of your communication and marketing programs. And you're able to deploy conversations and interactions with your clients uh, through chat box. That's part of artificial intelligence. When you're talking about programmatic advertising, um, I think this is a good time to ask. I recently was uh, looking for a cell phone. Um, I googled for a cell phone of a certain type. And then within a week, everything on every social media that I was using was selling me this cell phone or this type of cell phones. How does this work? I mean, how does it, I'm sure this is AI somehow. Yes, that's part of um, the entire strategy. And, and what, what, what you're going through is something called a re retargeting. So what different platforms have done is, I'm sure you've seen the way different platforms ask you to submit your data. Either you're on social media, you're on Google, they'll ask you to register, then they'll ask you a few questions, and then you start interacting with people, you befriend people, sometimes even leave behind geographical locations, you know, where you're going to. They'll also ask you what you like, what's on your mind. They're harvesting data. So that data is about you. So a lot of data about you profiles your likes, your dislikes, places that you visit. Sometimes people will talk about the food that they've had, the people that they're going to meet. So after a long period of time, they're able to profile the kind of person that you are, the things that you like doing, the places that you like visiting the products and services that you like consuming. Remember, these are social media networks. So as a social media network, you're always connecting with people and sharing stories and sharing part of your life. So once these platforms harvest your data, then they get advertisers aligned to your profile and aligned to your likes. And then once you initiate what you call programmatic advertisement that serves across different platforms, then they are able to follow you through. So they're able to target you from one platform, then you're retargeted to another platform throughout mm -hmm. Google, Facebook, Twitter. I'm sure you've even seen, today you add someone on your WhatsApp details, contacts, then all of a sudden you're seeing a friend request or uh, this can be a good connection on Facebook. They're just using the same machines to follow you and connect you with your friends. That's basically what you're calling a programmatic uh, advertisement, which mostly relies on your data. And that data is used to align you with different products that are being marketed by different uh, brands. For me, this is disturbing because um, somebody will be targeting me wherever I go. I can't hide. From your experience running the social media worlds of Kenya and curating the top 25 men and women in digital in Kenya, what are some of the things that people are using AI for in this market? Well, there's a lot of work that is happening uh, around this market. You can talk about the wealth space, that's the financial sector in terms of uh, mining data, uh, putting together different data about people and about the investments and about their spending patterns. So one of the things that is happening is that people are able to analyze the spending patterns of different people uh, put that together and project how people are going to spend going forward. Uh, you've seen even a lot happening on, on what you call uh, a predictive analysis. So most of the things that are served to you, especially by financial institutions, actually served to you through uh, what I would call artificial intelligence. You're seeing a lot of facing away of brick and mortar, the physical uh, branches banking halls that we used to know. And the only thing that you need to do is visit a machine or use your mobile phone 
and within a, just a button, you're able to transfer money or you're able to receive money or you're able to make a transaction. Uh, we're also seeing a lot of this happening with the uh, technology companies. I'm sure you've had voice recognition from different tech companies that you do not even need to key anything. You just need to say a word and then they pick your password. And then your phone or your gadget is unlocked. That's part of artificial intelligence. So there's a lot of work that is happening. But one of the biggest things that I'm seeing happening in the industry is crunching of data. You pick people's data, you profile it, and then you're able to understand your customers. Most of the industries today are going through data collection, data um, uh, storage, data analysis, and then execution of data aligned towards your industry and your clients. That is what I'm seeing most of the people doing. And I want to pick something very interesting that, that is happening. We just seen the, 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 the new uh, digital taxi. What do they do when it's peak time? All of a sudden, prices go up. How do they determine that? By the demand and supply. So artificial intelligence is able to pick that and then work on pricing and work on demand and make sure that prices are determined by, the, by demand and supply. So there's a lot of work that is happening. We've heard a lot about Silicon Valley products, which are driven by AI, like Facebook, Twitter, Uber. Are there any local products which are being developed by Kenyans or East Africans that you're able to share with us? Well, I'd say there are products that are being developed, only that you see they don't come out as products, they come out as solutions. And some of the products that actually are developed from Silicon Valley are localized here by local developers and the tech is around this market. So a lot of work, actually, most of the products, even some of the big taxi companies, most of their solutions are localized here and are developed by the techie, mm -hmm. the local techies that we have. You see, the tech ecosystem is big and the knowledge transfer is equally, I would say, because we're living in a global world, technology and skills transfer have just become one of the key things that is happening. So we have exchange of knowledge and skills across board. Guys in Kenya and guys in Silicon Valley are exchanging skills and developing products. I would say actually see most of the products that we've seen and we are utilizing are curated by people working in Kenya, most of them, especially the, the taxi hailing companies, most of the financial institutions, most of the developments are done by techies from the local market. What you're talking about is retooling products that already exist not coming up with products which are suited for our needs in the local market. Is this something that bothers you as you're watching what's happening in the local market? You see, but when you talk about uh, developing the local talent and upskilling, sometimes we, we rely on, on, on some of the uh, innovations that have happened. But it's not to say that things are not happening locally. We have serious innovators here. Only that some of the things that we've seen happening happen based on partnerships between local investors and investors from other countries. So we have gifted techies in the local market. Some of our friends in the hubs, some of the tech hubs, they're developing some of the most powerful tools in the market. The only challenge that we might be experiencing is the investment required to bring them out in a large scale. But uh, locally, we have so many people who are developing products and services that are good for, for the local market and actually being utilized. I've been, I've been doing these interviews for a while, and I have to say you're the most, you're the most uh, positive about AI. You know, are there no downsides, you know, maybe to getting uh, all this data and it's owned by somebody else? Are there no downsides? 
Well, well there, are lot of, there are a lot of challenges when it comes to uh, artificial intelligence that the market is still going through. Remember, it's something new, something that people need to figure out how to live with. And you've seen a lot of conversation around uh, privacy, data privacy and protection. That is something that is ongoing and it's a big, big challenge because I'm sure you've sometimes back, and especially some of the data that was in the hands of them, some of the political consultants, it became a big deal because mining data without approval, opt-in of the people that you're mining data from is, is it's been an offense, but we still don't have laws in place. We just put together the data protection policy in this country and you've just seen the first commissioner being appointed by the president. Uh, you've seen the lead uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder and the CEO of uh, uh, Facebook. The other day was on Senate, you know, discussing and talking about privacy. Uh, we've seen most of the big organizations, even Google, some of the founders are still being grilled on how to protect data. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face, protection of data and who owns this data. And how do you use this data that you collect? Where do you store it? Who has access to it? How do you use it? And are you allowed to resell this data that you collect in the market? So, so those are some of the things that you... We're facing. We also have uh, deployment challenges. Remember, it's a huge investment that uh, you have to undertake. You have to work on existing infrastructure to change the ex existing infrastructure to deploy artificial intelligence. So organizations still require a lot of investment to make sure that they adopt that. And also buy-in from, uh, you know, we have generational change. And let me just say this, that not until the top management agrees to the new innovations then becomes very hard to deploy artificial intelligence in organizations. So I think these are some of the challenges that we're still facing, but they're, they're good challenges to have because the challenges are the opportunities that techies take advantage of. Opportunities for techies. In your mind, uh, is it positive going forward for us using AI in, in Kenya and you know, in Africa? This is, um, it's only the future that we live. We, we can only say no for for that long, uh, I want to take you back to what happened sometimes back. If you look at where the fintech industry has come from and the growth and development and, and fintech, I'm talking about mobile payments. A good example is M-Pesa here in this country, Kenya. One of the things that happened is when M-Pesa was, 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 was started, many people were, were actually against it. Many people did not want to adopt it. But after a long period of time and realizing that Technology delivers convenience. The same thing that happens with them with M-Pesa. People realize that it was about convenience. It was about storage of your finances. It was about your ability to share and send your finances to different people, not just locally, but different parts of the world. And people adopted that part of technology. So we are seeing adoption of AI in our everyday life. People are accepting that AI will be part of our lives, organizations are slowly investing into this, and we're seeing steps one step at a time. You know, the same conversation we had when we started SOMA Awards, we had a big challenge. I mean, who would go to organizations that would be chased, would be told these are the Facebook people. But you see, organizations over a long period of time accepted, and most of them have invested a lot of time, effort, and resources towards social media. The same things we expect that going forward, organizations will see the value of artificial intelligence because it saves money, saves a lot of time. It actually bring 
convenience to your team that your team becomes more productive by you, by deploying artificial intelligence. So those are some of the things that we see happening. And that's how I can vouch that organizations will adopt artificial intelligence, not because it's technology, but because of what technology will do to our lives. Simplifies lives, bring convenience, optimization. These are some of the things that we look forward to discussing in the market. I mean, you just spoke about social media awards of Kenya, which you've been running for a while. Do you mind telling us, you know, what are the most popular social media to be used in Kenya? Okay, uh, in Kenya, we have they what we call key platforms, tools that are used. Facebook has been one of the biggest tools and uh, YouTube. But we're also seeing a lot of um, activities happening on WhatsApp, but dark social. We're seeing people getting into WhatsApp and deploying WhatsApp is one of the, of the, of the connection. You know, social media is mostly about connections. So, so some of the, these platforms are used for different purposes. But we've seen a lot of spike with, with Facebook, a lot of spike on uh, WhatsApp. And YouTube, why? Because YouTube has become one of the most high impact way of communicating. So people are also migrating a lot towards uh, YouTube. But I would say the way we look at social media is by generations of consumers and the purpose of each uh, social media platform. There's a certain group that is aligned towards Twitter and they only use Twitter. There's a certain group of people that is aligned towards YouTube, which is video sharing platform. And if you look at most of the times, musicians will want to be on YouTube because of the way they deliver their content. If you look at Instagram, it's one of the most and a big channel in this market, but it's about images. So people who are huge and especially people selling clothes, some of the celebrities who want to talk about their lifestyles, you'll find them on Instagram because it gives them an opportunity to display their lifestyle. But there's a new social media network, uh, TikTok, that just came the other day. It's, it's a little bit popular with the young people and especially below, below 25. I just, because of how dynamic it is and how you can, you can be playful, you can deploy it for different activities, you can do music, you can be funny, and the youth love it. The, the, the generation, uh, college generation, they love it. So the different social media networks that exist in this market are utilized by different segments of the digital consumer. And we always like analyzing all of them and appreciating the different consumers. I had another conversation that was very interesting. I was teaching a class. We were discussing the different platforms that exist. And I was asking, which social media platform are you in? So I could not get someone on one of the social media platforms I think everyone should be on. And someone said, this social media platform called Facebook is for our parents. <laughs> so you see, the young generation <laughs> is now shifting and saying, we are not safe here. We want a, a platform where we can find our, our generation. So that is how different social media networks are utilized in this, in this country and globally. So we have a little bit of older generations that are into some of the mature social media networks. My final question to you is the one I've been asking everyone on this podcast so far. Is AI a buzzword that, you know, is trending right now and eventually it'll vanish into the ether? Is it something only the people in the global north, the big cities, the big towns have to worry about? Or eventually those of us who live in smaller towns and villages won't have to worry about it because it'll just go away. You see, people will not think about AI as AI, and it's not going to be a fad. It's, it, it's, it will be part of our lives. You see, as we, are, we, keep up, as we continue appreciating the role that AI plays 
will get, I would say, will, 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 it will become part of our everyday life. And it will be very hard to live without AI. Why? Because it, it provides convenience and it simplifies our lives. I think that's one of the most important things that we need to think about. It is not just about the technology. It's about the role that it plays in our lives. And one of the biggest things that we'll struggle with is to realize that things were, were easier. Then all of a sudden you want to do away with technology that was making your life easier. That is not going to happen. People always want to make their lives easier, historically. So I see people adopting artificial intelligence going forward. I see it penetrating in the rural areas as internet penetrates, as we get gadgets into the rural areas. I see AI being part of that penetration, being part of that growth. Remember, we are talking about interconnected gadgets. We're talking about big things that AI is going to be part of. So the connectivity that you're talking about, and especially when you're talking about gadgets, it's going to be powered by this technology. So I don't think AI is going anywhere. What I actually foresee is AI penetrating and being used by the lowest of the lowest people in the society. And because some of the biggest brands will want to deploy artificial intelligence so that they can reach the masses. Remember, that's what AI will do for us it gives you an opportunity you know, to reach the masses and work with huge numbers of people and connect your systems and deliver your products to the right people at the right time using minimal investment. So organizations will invest a lot into this so that they can become more efficient, they can cut on costs, and they can have seamless experience when it comes to interaction with their clients. Personalized experiences that are delivered to clients. That is what every organization is looking for. And that is a role that AI is going to play. What a wonderful way to end the podcast. Thank you, Martin, for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me, James. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the Goethe Institute Kenya podcast. Wherever around the world you might have tuned in, I'm your host, James Murua, wishing you a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Kwaheri.